Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. That's right. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me. It's a Sunday night. Just wrapped up the live stream. Talked about Week Zero. A lot about Week Zero. And then it uh, evolved into some Ole Miss questions. Uh, a lot of talk about the two-lane game. Because a lot of people want to talk about the two-lane game, I guess. Uh, but it was a good conversation. Uh, just under an hour's worth of uh, a live stream uh, Q&A. So uh, I will play that for you here in just one second. It was, I enjoyed it. Week zero recap. Uh, We are finally, 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 finally at game week. That's exciting. My gosh, is that exciting? Even though it's Mercer, I don't care. It's football. It's back. And uh, it's unfortunate that it's Mercer, but we're going to enjoy it anyway. And thank you guys so much for Tuning in, as always, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening in browser on the website, search Rebel Report in your favorite podcast app, subscribe and leave a rating and a review. Follow me on social media at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That is the website if you are in the market for office technology and you are... Located anywhere in the state of Mississippi, if your business is anywhere in this great state and you are in the market for office check technology, check them out again. ABSMS.com. Tell them I sent you, and you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. ABSMS.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. We've got 16 locations scattered across the state of Mississippi, so uh, there's likely one conveniently located for you. And because they're in your backyard and they live in the same area that you do, uh, when you go into Priority One Bank, they will remember you. They, uh, I am almost shocked, I shouldn't be because of where it is, but how much everybody in my local branch knows me. I go into the bank a good bit lately. Uh, I'm uh, doing some money servicing even though I barely have any, but it's okay. They still help me out, and they don't judge me for my lack of funds in my account, but no, I'm, I'm only kidding, but they remember me, and that sticks with me, and they will remember you too at Priority One Bank because they make you their priority. Here it is, live chat, Q&A, Sunday night, week zero recap, and I'll talk to you guys recruiting. We'll talk recruiting on the next one. See you then. Enjoy the live chat. Football. I'm glad to be with you guys, though. Uh, it is the first weekend recap edition of this, actually talking about college football. Now, I'm not going to bemoan uh, Week Zero. I saw some people complaining that Week Zero wasn't good or whatever. When is it ever good? And it's not supposed to be good. It's just football. It, it, it's, college, it's an introduction. It's when you go to a really nice steakhouse. College football is a really, really, really nice steakhouse. And what we had on Saturday, this past Saturday, is when they bring you like the artisan bread with like rosemary baked into it with like flaky salt on top and like a kind of butter that uh, you really don't want to know the calorie count of, like like some warm honey butter or something. That's what Saturday was. That's not why you go to the restaurant. That's not what you're going to tell people about when you leave the restaurant. When you, hey, I went to a steakhouse last night. Well, how was it? And the first thing you say is, well, the bread was good. No, it it was just the appetizer before the appetizer. It was the thing that just gets brought to your table uh, before you even open the menu up. That was week zero. And if you complained about it, you're a jerk because we got college football. We've been waiting for months for college football, and we finally got it. And it gave us enough. Notre Dame Navy was not entertaining in any way, shape, or form. The visuals were cool. The scene was cool. But there's some things to take away from that game. If you were able to watch Southern Cal, San Jose State, there were some things to take away from that game as well. I watched a uh, a YouTube stream for a while before it crashed. Uh, so I, I got to see some of that game, but not much. But 
Very fitting that you could watch New Mexico State and UMass on ESPN on all of your cable packages, but the reigning Heisman Trophy winner uh, I had to watch on an illegal YouTube stream. And and if anybody is left wondering why the Pac-12 failed, that is why the Pac-12 failed. We also can take some away from uh, Vanderbilt Hawaii as well, if that's your thing. And then, hey, finally, it's game week. It's really actually game week this time. and. I'm I'm not going to complain about football, but it, it is unfortunate that we spend months and months and months talking about the season and we get excited about the season coming and on our schedule is Mercer in southeastern Louisiana. That's a shame, but that's okay. Other stuff uh, to talk about. Uh, whatever you guys want to talk about for the next uh, 30 to 45 minutes or so, however long this lasts is however long we will go for the most part. I do got to get out of here. Uh, before about uh, 8.45. So uh, my name is Michael Borky, of course. Please uh, like the video, subscribe if you have not already. I would appreciate both of those things very much. Corey still riding with 11-1. and one. Yeah, there's, a, there's a, a, a lot of optimism around here. And, uh, you know, maybe there should be. Maybe there should be. What did I think about week zero? I enjoyed week zero. I, I really did. I, Vanderbilt Hawaii ended up being extremely entertaining. Uh, I watched FIU and uh, Louisiana Tech on TV too as well. That game was kind of entertaining despite the the complete and total lack of offense. But there are some things like that we can take away from it. Here, we'll start with Notre Dame. That was the, uh, the, the highest build game of the weekend. Sam Hartman looked good and comfortable, but it, it, there's a give and take with this, right? Sam Hartman looked good because he's good and he looked comfortable in a different system, and Notre Dame ran the football really, really well. They kind of played bully ball with Navy. My question, though, is because I did see people say things like, well, Notre Dame clearly is going to focus on on the bully ball this year, and that's going to lead them to success or whatever. That was kind of people's takeaway, and, and my thought was you, you can do that with Navy in a transition period with a new coach you should be able to line up and run the football right at Navy. And I know they they weren't able to do that last year. And so the aesthetics of the victory over Navy were different than they were a year ago. And and Sam Hartman did look good and comfortable and like a veteran. But are you really going to be able to go to NC State here in a couple of weeks and just line up and just run right at him? Maybe. But I didn't know – like I I didn't learn that on Saturday the way some people – uh, think that they did. Are they going to be able to line up and just bully ball with Ohio State a couple weeks after that? No. I, I mean, maybe, you know, they've got USC on the schedule and they might be able to do that with USC, uh, but they have to go to Clemson yet as well. And so um, I didn't see, at least I, I need to see more from Notre Dame before I start thinking that they are a playoff contender going into the season. I, I expected them to be good. I expected to see what I saw, uh, essentially, especially from their quarterback, who I've been a big fan of for uh, for a long time, dating back to his years at Wake Forest. Uh, but I- I'm not convinced that I saw a team that's going to run through the schedule that they have, including wins over Ohio State and Clemson, uh, the-, the way other people did. I- I'll have to see it first. Uh, I think that uh, they did look good, and that can be very true. But also I need to see more before I start making the declarations uh, the the way some people did. And the other main takeaway, of course, is the only SEC team that played in, in, in Vanderbilt. And uh, they should have covered that 17 and a half. They had a three touchdown lead in the fourth quarter, but um, Swan looked good. They've got some pieces on defense that I like. Uh, disaster uh, up front on the offensive line. I mean, a disaster uh, up front. And um, if that continues, then they're not going to a bowl game. Uh, the the way that I thought that they might be able to um, this year on the broadcast, they were talking about, oh well, you know they they lose their running back, and because of that, no, that it was an offensive line issue. It was not a running back issue uh, against Hawaii. Hawaii's defensive front controlled the line of scrimmage against Vanderbilt for the overwhelming majority of that game. Swan was good, but he he was under duress even when he was able to get the ball off. That, that was the big thing for, for me with Vanderbilt. I'm not going to write them off yet. Some people will. Everybody overreacts to uh, to week one. There were times uh, last year where Vanderbilt kind of looked like that, and then they beat Florida and Kentucky. So, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and just write off Vanderbilt as, oh, they suck now. Uh, not going to do that at all. 
there there were some things that I liked that I saw, but up front on the offensive line, if if Hawaii control if Hawaii can control them, uh, then a lot of people uh, will be able to as uh, as well. Otherwise, it was good, fun football. San Diego State, Ohio was okay. UMass getting a win with Don Brown was was really, really cool. They've been a program that's just been an absolute dumpster fire um, as of late. And, and once a proud college football program as well with some success uh, there. Just just been really, really horrible lately, and, and to get a win uh, was cool. Jacksonville State gets a win in their first game as a uh, FBS program. That was cool as well. And uh, Lincoln Riley uh, is who he is, and people expecting him not to be who he is are um, only fooling themselves at this point. Get a job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to get a job, I know. Football is just getting started. Yes, it is. One more work week, five days. Yeah, that's all you got to wait now. Five more work days anyway. And then uh, real football happens. So I used the, the bread analogy earlier. Like you go to a nice steakhouse. They bring you some nice artisan bread and you enjoy it, right? Like I enjoyed week zero. Thursday is when you get the round of like a dozen raw oysters. That's what Thursday is. Thursday is the oyster, something that you are looking forward to when you go to the nice steakhouse, more so than the bread, but less so than the actual steak. And we're getting that on Thursday. Thursday is going to be fun. Uh, I will have to listen to the games on the way back from Oxford, which if you are in the Oxford area, please come uh, come see me uh, three to six. And Hey Dad as well, if you want to see Hey Dad. Hey Dad's the man. You want to see Hey Dad too. He's an incredibly pleasant person. Um, but yeah, come see us. So I'll be driving back that night, as I told you guys the other day. So no live stream. I will have a video for you, though, uh, what to watch for in the weekend for Ole Miss and State, and then anything else that I'm kind of looking forward to in college football that weekend. It's Mercer. It's C-Lob. Less to preview, but yeah. So... That that's the oysters. I'm going to use the food analogy all week long. I think Vandy is still bad. I don't. They weren't bad last year. They weren't. They weren't good, but but they weren't bad. Uh, they beat Kentucky by more than Ole Miss did. I know transitive property doesn't work. I, I, I know. I know. Uh, but no. Yeah. They 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 did not. Um, they didn't look like they have taken that step forward in the way that I was expecting them to. It doesn't mean they haven't, but they didn't look like it. Have they always done week zero? I, honestly, I don't know the history of week zero, uh, frankly. Uh, I, I know it's kind of been a thing recently, though. Only thing you didn't like about week zero is the goofs who insist on calling it week zero. No offense. Bad college football is much better than no college football. But what else are you going to call it? That That's what they call it. I'm, I'm, I mean – what what else are we supposed to call it week one? But it's not week one because everybody doesn't play. It's a specialty thing. You like Timmy Chang? You think he'll have them back to their scorching hot offense soon? Yeah, I felt bad for the uh, the quarterback there because he had a nice night and, and he's a good player. But to uh, an interception that sealed the game and another one, um, right there on the goal line that would have really changed the complexion of the game. He's a good player though. They play Stanford. Next weekend, right? Isn't that, isn't that who they play? I think that's. I think they play Stanford next weekend, and that line is small. And Stanford's going through a transition period as well. They are. They're hosting Stanford at ten o'clock Central Time on the first. So that's Friday night. Is that Friday night? The first is Friday. Yes. Oh my gosh! If you guys got nothing to do Friday, CBS Sports Network, ten o'clock. 10 o'clock Central Time, pour yourself a glass of whiskey and watch Hawaii beat Stanford in Honolulu in their uh, manufactured high school stadium that they're still playing in while Aloha Stadium gets rebuilt. Hey, I'm in. I'm in for that. 11 and 1, you repeat. <laughs> that, would, uh, that would be special if, uh, if that were to happen. Rich Rod tried to go full Rich Rod, but was outmaneuvered by El Paso. Another message, UTEP went full idiot mode. <sighs> Sometimes football coaches seem to just overcomplicate things, right? They just it, – it's a complex game, but it can be such a simple game, and, and they they played themselves out of a chance to win. 
Notre Dame for how average they were last year. Still had a good record at nine and four last season. Not good enough for them, but uh, I hear you. Just that that's not good enough for them. I mean, they lost to Marshall uh, as well there at home. Uh, yeah, nine and four is not going to cut it. Roll out another one of those, and, and Marcus Freeman's seat is is really hot. Uh, they don't have the championships in recent history to speak of, but they won't accept uh, that much either. And the schedule does set up well enough for them. I, I, I mean, so what is it? Ohio State, Clemson, they're at NC State. But there's a chance to really pile up some wins there. You had the Pac-12 network and didn't know for years it's absurd. Well, it's going to be gone soon. Um I'm going to make a promise. I, I'm not going to do the conference realignment thing on the radio show. Uh, it's just uh, now that football started, I could not possibly care less. I mean, if the ACC wants to add SMU or whatever, let them. I mean, I, I couldn't care less. It's stupid. It doesn't make sense. Whatever. Uh, and then the Pac-4 are getting pitched by the AAC in the Mountain West, and apparently they're going to decide uh, decide soon. Don't care though. I just I don't care now. Now that games are here, it just doesn't matter. Fandy looked really bad after they went up 21-7, to looked like they were sluggish and wanted to get the game over with once they got up. I mean, it was raining, game was delayed. Maybe there was some of of that to it. Maybe they, you know, subconsciously went back to to last season and kind of thought that they were about to run away with it. I don't know, but I do know that they got bullied by Hawaii up front on the offensive line. And if that is who they are, if that wasn't like a one-off, if they can't improve from that, if that is who they are, if that is who they are, then they are really going to struggle when almost everybody remaining on their schedule will be better up front than than Hawaii was on uh, on Saturday night. Because what they have Wake Forest. Oh, I think I know Vanderbilt's entire schedule. They have Wake Forest. They have UNLV, Alabama A&M. Oh, this, I think I got it. You have Ole Miss from the West and Auburn from the West. Yes, I nailed it. I think Auburn's in Nashville, Ole Miss is in Oxford, and then the rest of the East, obviously. They're going to lose a lot of games if uh, if that was actually who they were. USC looks the exact same. Their defense will keep them out of the playoff. They, they did, didn't they? And what, what I'm going to try to do is not overreact to week one, but it's hard not to with USC, right? And it's hard not to with Lincoln Riley. I mean, at what point is somebody just who they are? I mean, what is that? Five years at Oklahoma, and now this is year two at USC. So we have six years of sample size. That tells you what a Lincoln-Riley coach team is going to be. Elite at quarterback, score points offensively, and their defense loses them the big games. And here they are again. Now, they didn't lose, but if you're a USC fan, which none of you are, but if you're a USC fan, I mean, you have no confidence whatsoever. And I think their schedule is difficult, too, because the Pac-12, despite it dissolving into nothingness and going into a black hole in the ether somewhere, is a really good league this year. I mean, they're in Arizona State, who just got unfortunate news. Uh, who knows there? But, I mean, they, they have to go to Notre Dame. They're they're playing Utah and Washington at home. They're at Oregon. Is, it, is the team that you watched last year paired with what you were able to see on an illegal YouTube stream like me, YouTube stream like me, was that a team that's going to – go to Oregon and win? Is that a team that's going to beat Washington? Is that a team that's going to go to Notre Dame and win? No, it's it's not. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if you have a very similar result with USC this year with an additional loss. I mean, Caleb Williams is phenomenal. They're going to score points, but if you can't stop people, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You disagree that Notre Dame will be doing bully ball. Navy has a well-known small front seven, so it was easier for them to get bullied. Apparently, they're going to try. I mean, they're going to—they have a really good running back. He was impressive. Uh, that's what they want their identity to be. I mean, that's—that's that's what they said on the broadcast. Last year, there were some people who thought Northwestern had a decent team after Week Zero. 
and they lost 11 consecutive games. Isn't that right? Yeah, they lost they lost 11 straight last year. I can't remember now because the only thing that's in my head about Northwestern is Pat Fitzgerald getting fired. Um, yeah, yeah, they lost uh, 11 straight. So you picked Hawaii plus 17 and had the over in the game. You were sweating when Vandy went up 21, and they saved you. You don't like Swan wearing number five. It doesn't fit him. Hmm. What's the most famous quarterback wearing number five? Donovan McNabb. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Cutler six. Jay Cutler, apparently, according to the first thing that came up on Google, is the most famous number six quarterback. Ole should be playing their third or fourth by at least the beginning of the second half. They should be. I mean, I know you want to get starters reps, and they're going to do that, but I wouldn't be surprised if if you see the, the, the twos and the threes rotating in as early as the opening series. Is I mean, there's no reason for them not to do that. They still, I assume, want to figure out what they've got with a handful of guys. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they approach it differently, but I do think that, uh, you're going to see a lot of the depth early, as you should. It's going to be hot. I know that the weather is looking better than what we've had over the last few weeks. And, you know, Oxford hadn't had the same weather we've had in Jackson uh, over the last few weeks. But um, let's see. Because it changes frequently. Oh, 87. Wow. On Saturday. So nice. That That's really good. So it won't even be that hot. But uh, even still, I think that they're going to play a lot of people early in the game. Uh, there's just no reason to just do nothing but ones. They don't like doing that anyway, but opponent still could be a hot day, I guess. And they got to figure out what they have at a lot of spots, especially on defense. So, yeah. Hawaii being much better probably caught Vandy off guard. Very impressed with them with how fast they fixed the dumpster fire, at least. Yeah, to, if anybody, you know, hiring an alum isn't the best strategy. Um, because sometimes alums get the jobs that they're not qualified for, and it, it goes poorly. But in Hawaii's case, who better... To, to help build that brand back up and, and confidence in that brand than Timmy Chang. I mean, who could forget how incredible he was in his playing days there and um, added some wrinkles to the run and shoot. And I mean, they were doing tempo and stuff. They were fun. They, they were a fun team. They're really confident, played well, just didn't have enough athletes. Line is rising back in Utah's favor. Wonder how likely it is we see rising right now. He says he'll play, but we'll see. I mean, if he does play, I mean, that's awesome. However, he <laughs> he's tough as hell. Questioning him, honestly, is a, is a stupid thing to do. And I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, when he hasn't had full practices yet coming off of ACL surgery, for as veteran as he is, I do wonder what the effectiveness will be because his feet are, are such an important part of his game. And if that's not fully there yet, it still makes me wonder, you know, how effective he's going to be. But yes, him playing uh, does change the way you think about that game for sure. You have classes on Thursday from one to six. What are you doing having five hours of classes uh, in a row? Don't skip your classes. Uh, there there will be more times. Don't Don't skip your classes. Am I going to do the three reasons why bit this season? Three reasons why. You sure you're not thinking about somebody else? Did I do a three reasons why thing? I know I did the the two questions. Maybe that's what you're thinking of. But yeah, I'll do something like that every Thursday. And then we'll do it on the radio show on Friday. Yeah. Every week. Every week. 
you were talking to a good friend tonight about the season and how our teams are going to do. And he said Ole Miss-Tulane was a toss-up game. I'll oh, forget it. If Ole Miss-Tulane's a toss-up game, then Ole Miss is going 6-6 six and six or 5-7. and seven. I mean, people are really, really going to overhype. I mean, I've talked about this with you guys for weeks now. People are really going to overhype that Tulane game. And if it is what some people think it is, then Ole Miss is not going to be a good football team this year. We just need to be honest about that game. If that is a tough, is that if that is a difficult game, are they beating Arkansas? Forget LSU and Alabama. For are they beating Arkansas? Are they beating Texas A&M? Are they going to Auburn and winning? Are they going to Starkville and winning? No. If they can't beat this Tulane team, yes, I know it's on the road where there's going to be half the stadium wearing red and it's only a 30,000-seat stadium anyway. If they go down there and struggle, and and that is a true toss-up game, then they're not going to be good. It's just... I think I'm going to be right on that, which I'm supposed to think I'm right about everything. That's right or right because that's what the opinion platform is. You're supposed to have them and think that you are never wrong in them. I expect to be very right about the Tulane game. There's there's no reason that they should line up and match up with Ole Miss at all. None. And if they do, Ole Miss is going to underachieve rather significantly this year. So instead of calling it week zero, you want to call it week one? So for 95% of college football, we have to call their first game week two? No. Week zero has ESPN marketing all over it. Well, it's one thing they're actually doing that makes sense lately. The ACC has to rename themselves to the American Coast Conference or similar, do they? Yeah, why do you need to... There's no reason to to rebrand anything anymore. The Big Ten has 18 teams now. They'll still be the Big Ten. You know, I mean, the the Southeastern Conference has a team from Columbia, Missouri. What is Southeastern about Columbia, Missouri, you know? I mean, hell, Austin and College Station aren't Southeast. (laughs) Uh, So, no, I just own it, I guess. I mean, that's kind of of the – it highlights the absurdity of it all is that the ACC is possibly going to have Stanford in it. The Atlantic Coast Conference is going to have Stanford. It's, it's stupid. The, the Big Ten has 18 teams. doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, the old Big Ten logo, back when they only had 11 teams, the old logo, if you look at it closely, has the number 11 in the words Big Ten. It, it does. It has the number 11 in the words Big Ten, if you look at it closely. It's always it, it's it's always been absurd, but anyway. USC will lose three to four games. That defense is horrible, as is tradition under Lincoln Riley. Currently thinking Georgia Tech might test Ole Miss more than Tulane. That would not surprise me at all. Not at all. Timelka will get his shot in ST for the MLB next spring. Um, yeah, and his, his team's going to move to Nashville soon, too, I think. He's playing well, though. Shouldn't surprise a single person. Shouldn't surprise a single person. He is an All-American dude on top of a great baseball player. Need to see a little more with the constant running clock. Wasn't sold after this week. Uh, you know, unless you were looking for it, did you notice it? Because I saw some people complaining about it, and then you, you see the results of how it impacted the games, which is basically not at all. I mean, there was like six fewer plays. Uh, do you really notice at the end of the game that instead of 70 plays, you ran 64? Um, so, no, I, I don't think it impacts anything. It's what the NFL does. Uh, it, there's really no difference. It, it does slightly increase the premium placed on possessions, but if you didn't know that the rule changed, would you have noticed it? Probably not. What's frustrating me, though, is they didn't address the things that actually make the games longer. So so they, they took six plays away, which on average reduced game length by three total minutes. Great job, everybody. And that's really how it's going to be all season long. I know it's a small sample size with week zero, but – it's it's a small sample size. It's going to look like that all season, though. 
how NFL games move so quickly is not because of clock rules. It helps some, but it's not because of that. Commercial breaks are shorter and halftime is shorter. That's why NFL games are faster. Go to an NFL game this season and then go to a college football game and tell me which one feels like it moves quicker. And it's really not. I mean, it's, it's 15, 20 minutes. NFL games are three hours and 15 minutes on average. College football is like 3.30 plus. So you're only saving about 15 minutes, but when you're at an NFL game, it just moves and moves and moves and moves, and you're in and out of timeouts so much faster. And halftime is just like the teams are in the locker room, and then you go and you grab a beer and you come back, and it's always faster because the concessions are better. But you grab a drink, you sit down, and the players are out on the field for the second half, and the reviews are faster because they happen during commercial breaks, and it's just it's so much faster in college football didn't address the things that make it take too long. And so, yeah, it doesn't affect – it really isn't going to affect much. Um, the, the numbers tell you that there's very little noticeable difference, if any at all. But I just hate that they're addressing the wrong thing. Even with the bands playing at halftime, because a band mom got mad at me when I said that on the radio and sent an email about how they work really hard and stuff. And, and they do. And I love the bands, and they're a very important part of college football. But if football wasn't played, nobody would show up to see the bands. They're, they're a sideshow of the product, which is football. Even with the bands playing a halftime show, there's still too much downtime in that halftime. There's still way too much. And they can reduce their performance by two minutes if they're asked to. It's fine. Uh, they add to the in-game experience. Halftime for most places like Ohio State, Texas A&M, like that's actually something. But again, when they're done – there's still like five minutes of just sitting around at college games. It's ridiculous. You truly hope the last four Pac-12 teams get into the Big 12. They will not. Um, they uh, they will not. Relegating the San Francisco headquarters folks to the unemployment line would be justice. Well, now they're all remote, aren't they? There, there's no more Pac-12 headquarters. I think they work remotely, I believe. I think. Did Ole Miss not get the announcement of a new away uniform? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if – if I don't know. I, I mean, I, I guess I could try to ask some people. Um, but uh, but I don't know I, I, if they're getting new unis or, or if that was just a bad rumor or what. I have no idea. But uh, we, uh, we shall see. Does Notre Dame play a team that has a semi-Georgia-type defense? I mean, Ohio State has the athletes. I know Michigan's kind of run all over them lately, but Ohio State has the athletes. Um, I, like people have ragged on Ohio State defensively the the last few years, understandably so. They, they've kind of earned that. But look at the players they're putting in the NFL. The bodies are there. USC had no answer for the mobile quarterback. Every team out here has one. And despite the final score, they struggled with Jaden Delora until late last year. They'll lose at least two, if not more, or if no better. I agree. That is not a playoff team. Absolutely not. That is not a playoff team at all. Jameis wore five at Florida State. Yeah, that was a long time ago. How's he doing right now? Apparently, he did not have a particularly good week of practice. I can't believe I talked myself into thinking that he could be like a, a good starter I mean, he was fine when he was healthy, but, like, I got to thinking that he could have been good. And, I mean, why? Why why did I do that? Oh, he's okay today. I'll watch the second half, I think, after this because I'm a sicko, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Pat White. Yeah. That's exactly right. You actually watched half of the Mercer North Alabama game. Their run D is bad and bad tackling. Judkin should have 200 yards by half if it looked that, that bad. Uh, I wouldn't give him enough carries to get to 200 yards. I, I, I'm sure, in fact, I know that they want him to get yards uh, for a lot of reasons. And so they're going to let him get his safely. But... The only way he's getting 200 yards is if it's 10 carries and he's averaging 20 per carry. I mean, I, I really there, there's no reason to uh, risk him getting hurt. So you tell him, 
I actually said this on the radio show once, and uh, I somebody that really didn't like that this was my mindset and, you know, called me a dumb millennial. But um, you tell Quinshawn, if you've got the boundary when you're playing Alabama and, and there's a safety by coming down to make a play, lower your shoulder and get extra yards. This week, run out of bounds. Don't take a hit. That's what you tell him. Uh, yeah. You, you handle him differently in weeks in games like this. Absolutely, you do. This year's week one, unlike others, will be quick leading up to it for you. Actually, have games you want to watch on Thursday and Friday. Absolutely, as well as getting to sleep in before work on Tuesday and Thursday. Nice, nice, uh, setting up nicely for you. Yeah, I you know the Saturday's a little underwhelming because we have. Thursday, which is good, and Friday's not bad, and then this, a Sunday game, and then a Monday game. If those were all just mushed into to Saturday, it'd be the greatest opening slate of all time, or whatever. So I do like, um, I do feel like that it's spread out a little bit, though. Navy did have some opportunities to make it a game, yeah, early, early, uh, especially that uh, the the one pass they threw in the first half where it was a perfectly thrown ball and a Navy player broke up the pass that was intended for another Navy player. That uh, that would have been something. They had chances to make it better, but yeah. Almost everything on Saturday you can kind of ignore besides UNCSC. You're more excited for the other day's games too. Yeah, week two is really the the, the badass weekend of college football. It's week two. You and me both, you think Florida's underrated? I think their their defense is going to frustrate the the heck out of the East this year. Yeah, Navy did play good defenses against themselves early. Oh, you're in the band? Nice, man. Nice. Congrats. Sorry if I offended you earlier. I didn't mean to. Bands are very important to college football. Oh, I feel bad. I hope I didn't offend you, Edward. I'm sorry if if I did earlier, but by my band take, I just in. I think I'm sorry. Just please forgive me if I. I feel like a jerk. I need to hang up. What if Darden Sanders gets dinged up, and freshman Walker Howard is out there making mistakes, us having to score a lot? Don't worry about it. You you don't have to. Don't don't worry about. Don't worry about Mercer. Don't don't talk yourself into thinking about worrying about Mercer. It's fine. Uh, don't worry about it. Just I promise. Just don't don't worry about Mercer. Trying to settle on record predictions for Ole Miss and State. You're thinking nine and three and seven and five respectively. Not quite sure on the game by game predictions. It's impossible uh, to do game by game. Um, but. I'm still holding firm with Ole Miss at eight and four until I see how quickly the improvement happens on defense. I, I, I think they're going to, but it may not be right away. May not be right away. Um, so I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I, I think I'm going to hold firm there. Getting George is unfortunate too. That's just a guaranteed loss. It feels like. You notice the running clock in Notre Dame Navy and in the USC game before they pulled away. Game was breezing by before USC started having huge plays in a kick return. But see, at the end of the game, USC only ran one fewer play than their season average last year. Just, just one less play. One fewer play than their season average last year. Oh, thank you. I'm glad. I'm finally catching up on messages. I didn't offend you. Good. You said, as a member of the oldest band, I could say halftime is too long. There's like 10 minutes of dead time after we get off the field. Thank you. Thank you, because I felt really bad. Uh, but good. The, the bands are extremely important to the environment of college uh, sports. Very important. You think Notre Dame is beating USC and Ohio State? You know, it's it's hard to, especially with, with USC, I don't even know who's going to be playing quarterback for Ohio State. Do you? Matt Corral had a decent game against the Lions, had a big third down run. 
he he looks like he's pressing a little bit. It just he, behind that offensive line, it's hard to relax, I imagine. But but he looks like he's he's really just trying to. Um, it's like he's he's uncomfortable, like he's trying too hard. And and one of the things that I loved about his game at Ole Miss is how comfortable he looked. Um, where, where the moment in his la- in his Kiffin years. He, he looked like he just had such command and doesn't look that way with, with the Panthers. And I know that's, you know, I can't quantify that with anything other than just what I see. And, and I don't like saying things that I can't back up with any. But he's going to make the team, though. I mean, they cut Luton, right? So you keep three quarterbacks now. Mercer-type games are the games you're always at the edge of your seat because of injury threats against teams not worth it. Yeah, I mean, that that's the, the biggest takeaway that you can have from these games this week, and I'll keep saying it, is personnel and injuries. If if you're looking on, on Sunday, if you're looking for somebody to tell you how great this player looked or that player looked, you're, you're not going to get it from me. And and there's there's other places you can get it. It's not going to be for me because you, every player should look great against Mercer. And if they don't, it's a problem. You look forward to watching Plumlee. Who are they playing in week one? Let's see. Oh, there's a... Tropical storm uh, forming in the Gulf that might affect the Florida football this weekend. I, I, I saw that, actually. So UCF might be worried about that. Kent State on Thursday night. Yeah, so it's on FS1 if you want to watch it. Seth says, I feel like people are still harping on the 2010 Jacksonville State game or something pertaining to Mercer. Those days are over. Don't even worry about Tulane. Yeah. That, that kind of stuff cracks me up, and, it, and it's not just with that, right? Like the Jacksonville State game. How long ago was that? 13 years ago? It's 13 years ago, and every – except for Derek Nix. He's still around. He's great. But none of the players are the same. The, the coaches, the, the personnel, the stadium, the town, everything is different than it was back then. Like there is nothing about what happened then that has any – bearing on what happens now i mean it's it's the same thing like with well there's another example the the two-lane thing is happening where where i had a friend that brought up memphis in the hugh freeze years again aside from Derek nix everything's different not a single player that lost to memphis that day where hugh freeze decided to line up robert kim at running back and get him concussed brilliant um Nobody on that team is playing. The coach is different. The coordinators are different. The staffs are different, aside from Derek Nix. Uh, everything is different. Like, there's nothing about what happened then that that relates to now other than the school that the people happen to play for. So people get um, caught up in history as if what happened then has any impact on what's happening now, and it doesn't. The commercials hyping Colorado versus TCU, staring nothing but or starring nothing but Deion Sanders were disgusting. Yeah, it's, it definitely doesn't feature the team that played in the national championship game last year. Nope, not them. With an exciting new offensive coordinator as well. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Jason. But it's it's marketing, man. It's uh, it bothers me too. Don't uh, TCU's not getting any love, and they're a three score favorite in the game. But Deion Sanders gets ratings. He does. Uh, Primetime gets people interested and gets people talking and, and gets people tuning in. So so using him as the center of the hype from a from a business perspective makes sense because Dion just he just is a ratings machine. It's just what he is. It's just what he is. If Tulane went so so what I, the plan is Edward for for the podcast is immediate post-game reaction. Uh, so you will get one. And I'll actually be down there because I'm going to the Saints game the next day. Uh, or a <laughs> little 
thing about me is uh, I don't like sitting in press boxes. I, I, I don't enjoy football games in there. And I know I'm technically working media. Um, and so I could have gotten a credential to, to go to that game, I suppose. But I hate – I don't enjoy it, frankly. And so if I can do everything I'm going to do – then I'd rather be in a place where I'd enjoy it, whether it be in the stadium or like at a bar with my iPad, taking notes and watching. And so that's what I'll be doing. But the second the game ends, I'm going to go back up to where we're staying and record post-game reaction. And that'll be for every game. Uh, some will be like right away. Others, because the little guy, uh, might be like an hour or two later, just depending on what I've got going on. But yeah, so you'll get one regardless, win or win or lose. Ole Miss was supposed to have a good season in 2010, right? You weren't watching them. You were you were only 10 who wanted to do my own thing with friends. Yeah, 10-year-olds, man, um, if you remember every snap of a football season from when you were 10, that's crazy because, uh, yeah, you should have been doing what you were doing. But, um, I mean, they, they had Masoli, and people were kind of excited about him, but – it, the wheels fell off so quickly that all the hype going into the season kind of it just it withered so fast that but yes going into it people had high expectations for them but then Houston did not happen Memphis 14 and 19 are some of the worst football games you've ever watched especially 2019 dear god <laughs> oh yeah but everything's different now Finally caught me live. How do I think Ole Miss's defensive line will look this season? Any depth added that might help? Depth is where I think that they will be stronger than they were a year ago. I think they're deeper. My concern with them is is where the high-end talent is. So I, I like what they did in the portal with with Stephon Wynn and, and Ukwu and, and Akalo Stone. And uh, they got Jamon Gordon out of the portal. He went into the portal. He came out of the portal. Um, Josh Harris as well. Pegues coming back. I like him. So on the interior, they've got experienced depth. And um, on the edges, maybe a little less experience. But uh, with with Johnson being healthy and Ivy on the other side. And so they, they've got bodies. The, the depth should be there more so than it was a year ago. What I'm looking forward to finding out is if they have high ceiling guys. Like Pegues flashed as a high ceiling guy last year. He looked like he could be like an NFL caliber player at times. Can he be more consistent? Can Cedric Johnson stay healthy? And if he's healthy, he is an NFL guy. Uh, So that's where I'm concerned. They are better depth-wise than they were a year ago, at least on paper. But where is the ceiling? Is there somebody on that defensive line that will take a step forward and be a dominating presence? Because as they look right now, I don't see a dominating presence. If one emerges, that's great. But we have to wait and see if one actually does. The coaching is on another level. Players, different level. It's time to stop worrying about these small schools. They have no chance. They shouldn't. You hear the two-lane press box holds about three people. I didn't even apply for one, so I didn't find out what kind of restrictions there would be because, again, I, I just I, I hate I hate watching games in press boxes. It, it is a terrible experience for me. I like being in the energy and stuff and, and hearing crowds. And, like, even if it's a game, like, just a random football game. Like, I, I, my son and I went to the Madison Central game on Friday, high school, right? Totally different deal. But I have no affiliation to Madison Central whatsoever. Could not possibly care less about the outcome of the game on the field. Ocean Springs, Madison Central, couldn't have cared less who won. But sitting amongst people that are invested in the outcome of, of a football game is is – so much more enjoyable than sitting in a stuffy room where all you hear is people just punching on their laptop and nobody's talking and it's just dead quiet. And then if like an ice cream cart gets rolled out, they all jump up and go get some free ice cream. Like I, I, I hate the experience of press boxes and I, I want to avoid them as much as possible. You think the angst about Tulane is just because it's on the road. If it was in Vaught Hemingway, even with how poor the stadium is, nobody would waste a brain cell on it. If 
you remember correctly, those Memphis teams back then were legit too, not to knock Tulane, but there was several year stretch there where Memphis beat almost anyone. And, and Tulane has just lost so much from, from last year's team. Basically, everybody but the quarterback. They will finally have four men down on the line of scrimmage. Yes, uh, yes, they will. Forgot about Jamon Gordon being here. Yeah, he hit the portal and then took his name out of the portal. Finally getting rid of the 3-2-6 trash. You might see it some. It won't be the only thing they do, but you um, you you really, you actually might see it some. Being on the sideline as a media member seems a lot better. It, it is a lot better, but they don't let you down there the whole time. It's, it's pregame and then like, the last five minutes of the game or something. Only the super special people uh, like celebrities and stuff get like field passes for the, or high level boosters for the whole game. But yeah, field level. um, Honestly, the best perspective to watch a football game is the 50 yard line on like row 20. That that's, it's not on the field because it's hard to see everything from field level unless you're like a coach, which you're like right there. Uh, that, that's a little bit different. But if you're like as a spectator on the field, you're usually like down the lines a little bit or behind the end zone. And it's just really hard to, to see everything. And press box views are too high up. It's 50 yard line. It's 20 rows up where you can see everything, but you're close enough to feel everything. That is the best seat in the football stadium. That is true. You do get to be on the field a lot with the band. That's pretty cool. Have I heard anything about Jaden Dix? The, the defensive end from Canada. I, I know nothing about him. I, honestly, I haven't I haven't heard him mentioned in camp. That doesn't mean he's not having a good camp or whatever. There's a lot of guys out there, but haven't heard him mentioned uh, at all. So, anyway, I got to run. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. Tuesday, uh, eight o'clock, roughly on uh, on Tuesday. Uh, I'll be a little bit uh, later on Tuesday. So eight shooting for eight. So I'll see y'all then. Y'all have a good week. Enjoy it. Game week's finally here. And I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday night. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.